power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. You may take your seats. Just begin to bless the name of the Lord wherever you are. Just thank him. Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his provision. Thank him for his protection. I believe the prayer of thanksgiving should be the most violent of all the prayers because it invokes a lot, it opens up a lot, it makes a lot of things possible.
in any part of your body, receive your healing right now. As we lift up the name of Jesus, we rebuke every sickness. We cast every root of disease in the name of Jesus. Anything that is meant to result in destruction, we destroy this morning in the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus above every plan of the enemy. For your life and for your family this coming week. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We lift up the name of Jesus above anything that contends with you. That contends with your destiny. That contends with your ministry. That contends with your career. That contends with your marriage. That contends with your health. In the name of Jesus. we give you glory we give you praise our gathering this morning is unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus for your word says wherever two or three are gathered in your name you are there in their midst Holy Spirit I ask that you shall take absolute control as I'm about to speak your word may I not speak on my own accord but may I speak as you grant me utterance by virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place in the hearts and the minds of the people of God, sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father this morning. Take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. If your voice is yours, add a shout of praise to it as you take your seats. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in church this morning? We thank God for a wonderful morning like this. Let's put our hands together for the choir for a wonderful ministration. Let's put our hands together for the praise and worship team for leading us into the throne room of God. God bless you mightily. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. All right. And I want to take this opportunity to wish all fathers and potential fathers in the house a happy Father's Day. Hallelujah. Oh, let's put our hands together for the fathers and potential fathers. Hallelujah. Yeah. But more importantly, let us give a resounding round of applause to our Heavenly Father. The father of all fathers. Oh, you can sit down and applaud the heavenly father. The one who is our sustainer, our redeemer, our provider, our protector. Everything we are is because of the work of our heavenly father. Let's put our hands together for our heavenly father once again. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. We wish our Heavenly Father a happy Father's Day. 
Hallelujah. Sometimes we are stubborn children, but he still has patience for us. He still forgives us when we mess up, when we misbehave, when we don't come to church, when we come to church late. He still forgives us. Hallelujah. He's a good father. Hallelujah. All right. This morning, I want to speak to you briefly. And then I'll step into some apostolic grace and release certain things today. Hallelujah. Today is Father's Day. And the atmosphere is open for fatherly blessings. And so today, I'll lay my hands on every head here. I'm going to release a fatherly blessing. This one, it was God who told me to do it. Hallelujah. Every head here will feel my palm. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then, as I'm led by the Spirit of God, I may give specific words to certain people. Amen. Today, I want to speak to you on what I've entitled. You see, it doesn't have to be giddy giddy like that too. When Jacob was releasing those blessings upon his children, he was on his deathbed. There wasn't even an organ there. No choir to stare at the atmosphere. But the words of a father. Somebody say the words of a father. Yeah, so today it doesn't have to be giddy giddy. It doesn't have to be. I can just whisper the blessings. And because of the significance of this day and the fact that it is colliding with our year of open heavens. What I speak into your life shall come to pass. And the enemy will not stop it in the name of Jesus. Today I want to speak to you about the purpose and power of fathers. The purpose and power of fathers. Hallelujah. You see, there are three categories of fathers. Three categories of fathers. The first and the most important is the heavenly father, whom we have acknowledged this morning. Hallelujah. He's the first and most important of the fathers. The second one is your earthly father. With the exception of Adam and Eve, everybody has an earthly father. They were the only two people who were created and didn't lie in anybody's womb. There was no fusion of any sperm and egg. They were created straight like that. Hallelujah. For Adam, the raw material was soil. And for Eve, the raw material was bone. Hallelujah. Everybody say bone. That's why sometimes women, women are harder than men. We say women are soft. They are not soft too. When you practice medicine, you see that when it comes to pain, eh, the men, they fear pain. Injection, you see a man shaking like that. A woman will just come and collect it like it's a mosquito bite. I've seen men collapse. Hefty men. All the people have seen collapse while having bone marrow aspirated than men. Not tiny men, no hefty men. Now some of them, when they come, the way they are sweating, now I tell the people, double the local anesthesia because how we, if you don't take time, we'll be doing resuscitation right now. We'll be looking at your hands somewhere. Hey doctor, is it painful? Is it painful? I see a needle. You should know that there will be some pain. <laughs> you don't ask me such questions. Hallelujah. You don't ask me such questions. 
So it's because women were made out of bone. They are harder and stronger <laughs> than those that were made out of the dust of the earth. So everybody has an earthly father. And then the third category are spiritual fathers. Somebody say spiritual fathers. Everybody needs a spiritual father. Hallelujah. Everybody needs a spiritual father. Now I want to quickly go through some of the, the purposes, the roles of fathers. It will be a mixture of both the earthly father and then the spiritual. Alright? But you realize that I may drift more towards the spiritual. Okay? Because that, that's what I feel led to do. Amen. Alright. The first role of a father is that a father gives his child an identity. A father gives his child an identity. Hallelujah. Most of you or all of you, you bear your father's surname. There's a reason why it's not your mother's surname that you bear. A father gives his child an identity. In fact, when it comes to naming children, it is the responsibility of the father. Now ladies, listen to me. Listen to me. Are you here? Are you here? It is the responsibility of the father. I'm not saying women cannot name their children. No. But whatever name the woman chooses, it has to be with the consent of the father. Amen? There should be nothing like, I want to name him this. And he says, I want to name him. No, I won't agree. No, it is not. Identity comes from the father. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying women cannot name their children. My children, we name them together. All right? I gave me the name Eastwood and mommy gave him the name Jason. Jason means a healer. So she chose Jason. I said, I'm naming him after my spiritual father. So he's Jason Eastwood. Hallelujah. Now it's Leslieanne, which is a combination of our names. I'm Leslie, she's Marianne. So we took the Anne from her name. We added my Leslie, Leslie Anne. And that is it. Combination. Everybody is satisfied. Hallelujah. Yeah. Actually, the name Leslian was there even before Nick came. We had decided on that one already. That if a, a girl comes, it was going to be Leslian. Alright. So, when it comes to naming a child, it is the ultimate responsibility of the father. Because identity comes from the father. The mother has a say. The father can allow the, the mother that, oh, you carried for nine months. So, But the ultimate responsibility is that of the father hallelujah you see there were times in the bible women tried to unilaterally name their children and they didn't do it out of the spirit they did it out of emotions and bitterness those days there, there weren't a lot of ready names like we have now so you name people out of your experience so if you give birth to the child out of sorrow, you name the child sorrow. If you, 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 you give birth to the child at the time you felt you were being foolish, you name the child Naba. I, I don't know what will make somebody name their son Naba. You look at your son and name him a fool. Of course, you live a foolish life. So a lot of times in the Bible when the, the woman tried to unilaterally name the child, they did it out of emotions. 
in certain cases it, it cost the children and in certain cases the father had to intervene and correct the thing quickly let me give you an example let's turn to genesis genesis chapter 35 from verse 16 to 18 genesis 35 from verse 16 to 18 genesis 35 verse 16 to 18 He said, and they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel, that's Jacob's wife, travailed, and she had hard labor. May none of you have hard labor in the name of Jesus. May your labor be smooth. May your labor progress. May you deliver like the Hebrew woman in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We counsel unnecessary complications with labor now and in the future in the name of Jesus Christ verse 17 he said and it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her fear not thou shalt have this son also verse 18 and it came to pass as her soul was in departing for she died that she called his name Benoni but his father called him Benjamin the father came and corrected it out of the, the sorrow and the pain she named the child Benoni. Benoni means son of my sorrow. But the father came and changed it to Benjamin, which is son of my right hand or my right hand man. Hallelujah. You will notice that when John the Baptist was going to be named in the temple, let's look at Luke chapter 1 verse 59. At the time he was going to be dedicated in the temple and named, John, John's father who was Zacharias was still dumb. You know when the angel came and told him he was going to have a son and blah, blah, blah. He doubted it and the angel shut his mouth. The angel didn't even release his mouth when the child was born for him to even jubilate. He kept his mouth shut even unto dedication day. So Luke chapter 1 verse 59. He said, and it came to pass that on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they called his name Zacharias after the name of the father. Because the father didn't have a mouth. The people around decided, maybe uncles decided that then we'll name him after his father. But look at what happened in verse 16. And his mother answered and said, No, not so. He shall be called John. Hallelujah. So the mother intervened and said, The name is supposed to be John. But everyone just didn't accept it like that. Let's look at verse 61. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. I'm sure it was uncles. <laughs> none of thy kindred is called by this name. <laughs> Verse 62. And they made signs to his father. Because the man couldn't talk. How he will have him called. So I'm just trying to show you that the final say has to come for the father. Hallelujah. It has to come with the approval of the father. Because identity comes to fathers. Verse 63. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. Hallelujah. I wonder why they marveled. The man must have told his wife already by the same writing. The fact that he can't talk doesn't mean he can't write. This is a couple that takes decisions together. Hallelujah. May that be so in your marriage in the name of Jesus. Ah. I don't know why they were marveled. He must have written it that this guy, if by the time he's born, they haven't released this in my mouth. Eh? This is the name I want him to be named. 
John and nothing else. So fathers are supposed to give identity to their children. And may God give you a name and an identity that will open doors for your children in the future. There are some names when you mention things become easy. It just opens doors like that. If right now in Ghana you go and appear somewhere, there is a queue and they are asking people what's your name, what is it? They get to you and you say, My name is Kofi Akufuado. You think you will continue to stand in the queue? Never. You will relocate. Somebody say relocate. You will relocate from the back to the front. Because the name has done things from the grandfather to the father. And we don't know whether his son to one day become president. <laughs> May your name be great and may you give your children a great identity in the name of Jesus. So fathers are supposed to give an identity to their children. Point number two. Fathers rebuke, correct, and discipline their children. Fathers, they correct, rebuke, and discipline their children. This one is both earthly fathers and spiritual fathers. Hallelujah. You see, in the home, eh, it is important. You see, most of the time, children are very close to their mothers. So, familiarity comes very easily where the mothers are. The mother can shout, hey, I'll beat you. They'll just be laughing and smiling. Somebody said the child was misbehaving. She picked the king. I was like, stop it. One, you know that thing, like, I'm counting on one. The child look at it. Two three, four, five like she's not afraid of the mother <laughs> familiarity <laughs> so most of the time the father is that final authority when you misbehave and they say when daddy comes home you can't sleep and be at peace until daddy has come home and done whatever he has to do to you and sometimes daddy too intention not say anything and just be ignoring you. It's worse than lashes. How many of you have been there before? Ah, it's worse than lashes. <laughs> you see, mothers and potential mothers, it is important for you to create a certain air around the father. It will help your children. Hallelujah. Don't go discussing your, your husband's weaknesses with your children and his mistakes with your children. There are a lot of children who have missed out on fatherly blessings because of things their mothers have pumped into their heads. A lot of children are bitter against their fathers because their mothers have transmitted the bitterness of certain things the father has done to them onto the children. It is a very evil thing to do. Recently, I was dealing with a certain case that involved divorce. I tried my best over years to solve the problem. I realized they had gotten to the point where they had decided to go separate ways. I mean, not in this church. <laughs> they had decided to go separate ways. Two Christians, but they couldn't settle their differences. And I called the lady and I told her, as you are going to divorce, make sure you don't end. I mean, the court ruling was that the, the children were going to be with their mother. I told them, make sure you don't plant seeds of bitterness in the hearts of your children against their father. Because it's not a blessing for them. It's not a blessing for them. A, a lot of children have missed out on blessings in life. Simply because their mother 
put ideas, wrong ideas about their father. It, it may be right. But protect your children. Don't be sitting with your children when maybe your husband has gone out and, and not come back early. Eh, you see that? You see? You see? You see the things he can't do? This? Create a certain air around the father. It, it will save your children one day. You'll save the children one day. Hallelujah. When we were small and growing, there was a single act my mother did which created a certain image of our father in our minds. And even up till now, it's still there. What was that? The dining table. The seat at the head of the table where my father says to eat. My mother said, nobody should ever sit on it. Your buttocks shouldn't even touch it for two seconds. And that thing sunk into our heads. Eh? Up till now, my father has been dead for three years. When I go to the house, that's it. I can't sit on it. When I'm going here, I feel like I'm, I'm sinning. That singular act. That singular act. It is important. You see, as I said, that's what the mother said. Children will be your friends. This, that, that. It's the mothers they can talk to about the things and blah blah blah. But a certain air must be created around the father. It's important. When everything else fails, there should be that voice in the house that will speak and everything will come back to order. And fathers, that doesn't also mean you should make yourself kakai in the house. That one too is a form of witchcraft. Intimidation. Some houses, when the father blows the horn, peep, peep, no, suddenly everybody is trying to examine themselves to see whether they are in the faith. Nobody feels <laughs> because at the slightest opportunity, somebody said the father didn't have money, but he used intimidation to control them. The slightest thing you do, he will beat you, especially when he doesn't have money. When it's time for school and you are going to town to go and buy your school things, you'll find a reason and beat you before you go. So that when you get to the shop, you are focused. Don't go and do the things that the database do. Hey, that let me pay, where me pay. No, no, no. You are focused. You are focused. Some of the fathers they beat with no reason. They are walking, you pass by them, no, they hit your shit and ten times. It's intimidation. It is witchcraft. Everybody say witchcraft. The fact that an heir has to be created around the father doesn't mean your children should be afraid of you. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the early fathers are supposed to correct, rebuke, and discipline their children. In the same way too, it's the responsibility of spiritual fathers to correct. Hallelujah. Me, you, you are not my son or my daughter if you can't take correction from me. You want me every time it's just I'm blessing, I'm releasing blessing, I'm releasing. No, no, when you misbehave, I must tell you. Because the moment you identify yourself that this is my father, when you misbehave, it will touch me. It will touch me. It will affect me. If you go and do something somewhere, it will affect me. Let, let, let's look at a certain statement. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 10 to 12. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 10 to 12. He said, And when they came to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him 
And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. Verse 11. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets that the people said unto one another, unto another, what is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? You see, the prophets were prophesying, but the problem with this group of prophets was that they were a disorderly bunch. They didn't have any order. Everybody was speaking by heart. And so somebody made a certain statement in verse 12. He said, and one of the same place answered and said, but who is their father? When you are doing the wrong thing, they will ask, whose child is this? Whose son is this? That is why spiritual fathers are supposed to correct their spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. Hallelujah. You go somewhere and do something, they ask, which church does he attend? The next question is, who is the pastor of the church? What has he been teaching him? What has he been teaching her? That is why I have a right to correct you. Hallelujah. Don't say, it's my life and this is what I can do. No, whatever you do affects me. I have struggled and toiled for years for my integrity. And I won't allow you to come and scratch it. I won't allow you to come and destroy it in just a few seconds. So when you are doing something that I know is wrong, it is my responsibility as a spiritual father to come and rebuke you. Hallelujah. But you see, one thing pastors too must know is that the fact that somebody is your church doesn't mean the person sees you as his father. I'm telling you the naked truth. Me, I believe there are people here who don't consider me as their father. I am an instructor in their lives, but I'm not a father. You see, Paul said, you have many instructors, but you don't have many fathers. People consider, certain people, they are spiritual fathers, and they don't even understand what a spiritual father is. A lot of the people you consider spiritual fathers, they are instructors in your life. You learn from them. They are teachers in your life, but they are not fathers. You can't tell me your spiritual father is somebody you watch on YouTube. And he's in America somewhere or Nigeria somewhere. And you don't even have his phone number. Zoom father. <laughs> that is not fatherhood. Though. That is an instructor. Everybody say instructor. He's a teacher in your life. He's not your father. If you invite him to your wedding, will he come? When you give birth to a child and you call him from the United States to come and dedicate your child, you think he will come? He doesn't even know you exist. So there are people we learn from, but they are not our fathers. Hallelujah. So when they ask you for a spiritual father, don't go and mention somebody you've never even spoken to before. There are people you learn from. There are people you, 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 you receive things from, but they are not your fathers. Amen? Yeah. So oh, with, with this mentality, I, I don't deceive myself that everybody that comes to this church considers me their father. So if you ask some people, don't mention some wild, wild, very popular names somewhere that that is my father. But I'm telling you the truth that those people can't be fathers to you. They are instructors. Hallelujah. Sometimes we like to associate ourselves with popular names. I don't know, this, this, this. 
You receive from them. You receive impartations from the administration and everything, but that doesn't make them fathers in your life. That doesn't make them fathers. They are instructors. They are teachers. They are people you receive from, but they are not your fathers. They are not your fathers. Me, I honestly don't see how you can be under somebody's ministry and not be able to see the person as your father. Me, I don't see how it's possible. Maybe it's possible, but from where I sit, I, I can't see how possible it is. Hallelujah. That is why the Catholics and the Anglicans, by force, you will call your pastor father. Father, so, so, and so. Father, so, so. Because in principle, that is how it's supposed to be. In principle, that is how it's supposed to be. So fathers are supposed to rebuke. They are supposed to correct. Because some of the things you do has their integrity on the line. It has their integrity on the line. Point number three. Fathers protect and defend their children. Fathers protect and defend their children. Both spiritual fathers and earthly fathers. They are supposed to protect and defend their children. An example is in Genesis chapter 14, verse 14. Lot was Abraham's nephew, so it was a form of a son, right? Some people rose up, attacked him. Quickly, Abraham mobilized an army. Abraham was a rich man, for you to have a private army. To take care of an army is a serious, is serious. Like weapons, maintaining the weapons, maintaining the people, feeding them and everything. It's a lot. So for him to have a private army, the man was very rich. May you be rich like Abraham. And Abraham quickly gathered an army and went to the rescue of his son. In the same way, as a shepherd, when I see that the enemy is trying to misbehave with you in a certain aspect of your life, I must take spiritual swords and spiritual spears and spiritual clubs and hammers and hammer the enemy away. You see, that is one thing a lot of pastors are forgetting. The fact that a pastor is primarily an intercessor somebody to stand in the gap on behalf of the people he's, he's, he's supposed to be looking after. A shepherd. David. David was there. The lion came to take one of the lambs. He pursued the lion. Hallelujah. That is why if in prayer God reveals to me no, this aspect of this person's life Satan is trying to invade. I must go on my knees. A lot of times the evenings between Saturday and Sunday I don't sleep a lot of times I'm awake. I'm in my sitting room praying. And there's not a lot of the things that I see that I come and tell you. Yeah, I'm a very private prophet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of the things we deal with it, just like Samson, the Bible said he killed a lion and his parents that he was working with didn't even know. That he had killed a lion. Sometimes that's how it is. You deal with the thing quietly. The people are walking around. They don't know what they have been delivered from. Hallelujah. But that is the role of a father. That is the role of a shepherd. 
are supposed to protect their children. Pray and cover you with prayers. Invoke angelic covering over your life. And today, may the Lord increase the number of angels that follow you wherever you go. When you sit in the car, may angels follow you. When you sit in the bus, may angels follow you. When you sit in the plane, may angels follow you. May angels be released into your home right now in the name of Jesus. If an armed robbery attack is being planned anywhere against your home, against your father's house, against your friend's house, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may the Lord send angels with flaming swords of fire in their hands to disrupt those meetings in the mighty name of Jesus. Where accidents are being plotted, we cancel in the mighty name of Jesus. Where sicknesses are being plotted, we cancel in the mighty name of Jesus. And we release good things into your homes. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And your feet shall be continually planted in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Fathers are to protect and defend their children. Four, fathers are supposed to make things easier for their children. They are supposed to make things easier. You should aim that your children will be richer than you. Your children will be more successful than you. And it is the same in the spirit too. Hallelujah. Unfortunately, we have the kind of spiritual fatherhood where people want to cage their sons. It's two things. Either use them for their personal benefits and discard them or cage them and frustrate their gifts. I've seen a lot of young men frustrated simply because whoever they call their spiritual father is insecure about their giftings but that is not how it's supposed to be hallelujah that's not how it's supposed to be allow people to flow in their giftings encourage people to flow in their giftings you see those who do these things they don't understand the dynamics of spiritual authority because we think it's all about gifts it's not just about gifts too it's not even just about anointing. You see, you can have a gift. You can have a gift. Pastor Della sings way better than me. In fact, way, the way is in capital letters. Way, 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 way better than me. But it doesn't mean I can't advise him on his singing. It doesn't mean I can't give him some direction that do this and do this and do this and do that and it will work it's not just about gifts you see let me teach you something today gifting stroke anointing is on one level but what really determines your standing in the spirit is not the gift or the anointing it is the presence presence how much presence you carry look what made Jesus stand out was a statement the Bible made that Jesus Christ went about doing good, healing the sick, blah, blah, blah. Why? Because God was with him. He had the presence. He carried the presence. Look, the outstanding men in the Bible were all presence people. Moses understood the importance of the presence. Moses had the rod. So that's like the gift. It could do so many wonderful things, but he made a certain statement. He said, if your presence does not go with us, we are not going. This is somebody who understood that there, there was a higher dimension than just the giftings and the anointing. 
he understood presence may you carry the presence of God wherever you may you be a mobile carrier of the presence of God Look, let me give you an example somebody give a certain testimony fire rally she said when the fire rally poster was posted in their hostel for as long as the poster was there she couldn't sin this one is it a gift which, which of the gifts is that <laughs> may you carry the presence of God wherever you go anointing is good gifting is good but you see the presence eh, it comes from your closest life what you are when nobody is watching the kind of relationship you have with God when nobody is there that is what determines the kind of presence you carry and if you want to make impact it's not just gifts it is the presence you carry that actually makes impact because you can make an impact eh? you minister in a program it will be this this this, this, this. but the, the, the effect can wipe away and, and, and wear off after 30 minutes of the program sometimes you go for some programs it's powerful blah 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 but a day after you don't even remember the program again that's what happens when only raw gift is ministry. So the person will sing powerfully. Blah, 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 blah. But nothing continues to ring. But when you leave the place and the songs are still ringing in your spirit. And it is giving birth to other songs. It is putting you in a place of worship and prayer and stirring up holiness in you. That is impact. And it comes from carrying the presence of God. May you be carriers of the presence of God. May you carry God with you wherever you go. Yeah. So fathers are not supposed to be intimidated. They're not supposed to be intimidated. Open doors. Make things possible. Elisha's first miracle. His first miracle. Let's look at Let's look at 1 Kings 2 Kings, sorry, chapter 2 verse 14 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 14 When Elijah had just left and the mantle had fallen His very first miracle He said, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? His first miracle was on the platform of his father. Hallelujah. His first miracle. And most of the time, the first miracle is very important because that is what gives you the vim that this thing it works. He said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Let me tell you something. I used to have a problem with people saying things like I stand in the oil of my father and this and this. Sometimes I had a problem with it. I, ah, but God is your father too. So why should, it, why should you stand in the oil of your father? And things like I had a problem until I saw certain scriptures. I realized that there are certain things God will do for you and do in your life and it's because of your father.
in the natural there are certain favors people will do for you because of your father it's the same in the spirit you see there are some things eh? maybe you have not paid the price enough for that there are certain sacrifices your father has made that you haven't made there are trials and temptations he has overcome that you have not overcome and so God looks at your father and does those things for you and it's not because of you hallelujah look at what the bible said in second kings first kings chapter 11 verses 11 to 12 first kings 11 11 to 12 it's a wherefore the lord said unto solomon for as much as this is done of thee and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which i have commanded thee i will surely rend the kingdom from thee and thee and will give it to thy servant this is a very serious thing solomon had misbehaved god said i would take the kingdom out of your hand and give it to your servant but look at verse 12 he said notwithstanding that means in spite of all that you have done in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake David thy father's sake sometimes God takes people out of certain dangers and it's because God looked at their father I'll give you an example. Genesis chapter 31. Verse 29. This was Laban, Jacob's father-in-law, looking for him to harm him, to kill him, to destroy him. And look at what God told him. This is Laban speaking. He said, it is in the power of my hand to hurt you or to do you hurt but the God of your father say the God of your father spake unto me yesterday saying take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob either good or bad this one wasn't because of, of, of Jacob he said the God of Jacob's father that means there are times even in spiritual threatenings, physical threatenings, God will protect you and take you out of it because of your father. This one wasn't Jacob. It had nothing to do with Jacob. It had to do with Jacob's father. Jacob's father. May my God protect you in every situation. When men rise up against you, may my God speak for you. May my God send threatenings and lightnings and thunders into the camp of the enemy when they plot against you in the name of Jesus. Because certain times that there are sacrifices you haven't made. There are realms you haven't entered. There are trials you haven't overcome. And so God has to look at somebody who has gone through these things and for his sake I won't claim to be the most anointed person on earth, even though I know I'm anointed. Hallelujah. And when I say I'm anointed, it's not pride. If it was pride, then Jesus wouldn't have said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. No, you can't be on fire and say you don't know. Can you imagine petrol has been poured on you? And a match has been lit, and you are standing there pretending that no, 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 you will know that you are on fire. So, by the grace of God, I am anointed. 
highly and heavily anointed. Hallelujah. And by the grace of God, I'm gifted. I've, I've seen all nine gifts of the Spirit in operation in my life. All nine. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, descending of spirit, diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, healing, miracles, the gift of faith. I've seen them operate in my life and they continue to operate. But if there is any reason God will look at to do something for you for my sake, it may not be because of those things. For me, my greatest asset in ministry is not the giftings, but the fact that I have a good heart. That is my greatest asset in ministry. Somebody say, oh, why are you being proud and saying, I have a good heart. I know that I have a good heart. I don't need to tell. No, who, apart from God, you are the only one who knows, who knows your heart. And maybe the devil. Maybe. So if you have a good heart, you are the only person on earth who will know that you have a good heart. And I know I have a good heart. I don't wish anybody evil. I like to see people progress. I like to see people elevated. And may my God look upon that and bless you. May my God look upon that and protect you. May my God look upon that and do that which your heart desires for you in the name of Jesus. May my God look upon that and protect you when the enemy rises against you. About the giftings and anointing, it's, it's, it, I have a good heart. I have a good heart, and in these days in ministry, that is a very big asset. Somebody said of Elisha, he said, "This is a holy man of God." Nowadays, we just want this is a man of God. But may they say of you that you are a holy man of God. That is another level. It's another level. So it's not about gifting. No. For me, my greatest asset is the fact that I have a good heart. May the Lord give you a good heart too in the name of Jesus. The fifth and final is that fathers are sources of blessings. And sometimes... <laughs> Hallelujah. Fathers are sources of blessings and sometimes curses. Look, with the father being a source of a blessing, it doesn't matter whether the father is a correct father or not. You can have a father who is a drunkard. You can have a father who is not correct. But by virtue of his positioning alone, if he opens his mouth to bless you, you are blessed. You see, sometimes eh, there is something that it is not a curse, but it can be as bad as a curse. That is when your father ignores you. He doesn't bless you. He too, he doesn't curse you. When you read what happened in Genesis, Genesis chapter 9 from verse 20 to 27. I'll be closing in the next five minutes. Genesis chapter 9 from verse 20 to 27. He said, And Noah began to be an husband man and he planted a vineyard. He decided that now he wants to plant grapes. 
verse 21. And he drank of the wine and was drunken. A boy, like he was drunk. And he was uncovered within the tent. That means his nakedness was exposed. Verse 21. Verse 22. And Ham, say Ham. Ham is supposed to be a great great grandfather. The father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. You see, the nakedness of your father is like the shortcomings of your father, the weaknesses of your father, the things your father does that may not be so dignified. So Ham went and saw the nakedness of his father. And what did he do? And he told his two brethren without. Hey, come and see daddy guy, guy, guy. I'm sure they were like, ah, Why are you saying, say, Oh, I say, Come and see, come and see. Oh, <laughs> verse 23. And Shem and Jephthah took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward. These are people who understand authority. Don't expose your father's nakedness outside. Don't, don't sit somewhere and talk, insult your father. Say, no matter what he has done to you. You mustn't expose your father's nakedness. And went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward. And they saw not their father's nakedness. Sometimes there are certain things, eh? When people are trying to tell you about people who are father figures in your life, try to hide your face and your ears from them. Hallelujah. I've told you here before that there are people, God is using them in your life and everything, but they are human. They may make mistakes, one or two. If you hadn't known those mistakes, you'd have continued to receive from them. But the moment you get to know, no, it blocks how you receive from them. So sometimes it's good to protect yourself from hearing certain things. Hallelujah. Ah, when people come and say, hey, this man of this bishop somewhere, this is a, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Unless they are coming to tell you that he has confessed that he is not from God. That's a different matter altogether. But protect your ears from some of these things. Because look, so long as you don't know this, you will continue to receive and they will continue to be a blessing unto you. Hallelujah. They didn't stop being men of God the day you had it. Hallelujah. It's like the day. So, you see, when you stop listening to him the very moment you hear, it means the day you had it, you know, God just stopped. Yeah. Because this, my child has had it. Every channel is now blocked. It doesn't happen that way. So, it's better for you if you don't hear it at all. Amen. It's better for you if you don't hear it at all. Verse 29, 24. He said, And Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. I don't know how. But you don't joke with fathers like that. They know things you don't expect them to know. Verse 25. And he said, Curse be Canaan, a servant of servants, he be unto his brethren. So you realize here that he didn't curse the one who did it to He cursed Canaan. That is Ham's son. I don't know why he decided to do that. 
verse 26. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. There were three brothers. Shem, Ham, Japheth. He blessed Shem. He said, And Canaan shall be his servant. Verse 27. And God shall enlarge Japheth. So he blessed Shem. He blessed Japheth. But he ignored Ham. Even though he didn't curse him directly. Hallelujah. You see, we are descendants of Ham. But we are not direct descendants of Canaan. We blacks are descendants of Cush. Cush means the man with the dark skin. So those who use that statement as evidence that Africans are cursed. It is not right. But our father Ham, even though he was not cursed, he was not blessed. I believe that is the reason why Africa is, we are suffering. It is not as a result of a curse, but his two brethren received blessings, but he Ham, because of what he did, did not receive a blessing. And sometimes when you don't receive a blessing, it's as good as being cursed. Are you following what I'm teaching so don't bring yourself to the point where your father will bless all your children and leave you alone out. Amen? No matter how bad your father is, he's still your father. Honor thy father and thy mother. Give them the honor that they deserve. Fathers can also be sources of blessing. Jacob called his children and blessed them. In Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. Down said all sorts of things which came to pass in their lives. As I said in the beginning, there was no organ that day. There was no drums, nothing. A man on a sick bed just opened his mouth to speak because it was a Kairos moment. It was a time he was about to transition from life into death. I believe today as Father's Day, the atmosphere is open. How many of you are ready to receive a blessing from God? How many of you are ready to receive a blessing from God? I want you to stand to your feet. Can we take this out of here? Just begin to pray. Just, just charge yourself in the spirit. Just begin to pray. I'm going to lay my hands on everybody. Whatever blessing you need, I want you to tell God himself. I'm just going to be a channel. Just lift up your voice and begin to speak. Just tell God whatever blessing it is, it is that you want to receive today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. I want to see people actively praying right now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. I want to see people actively praying. Mahata kabranda la sataya. Lega dibranda la basonde brakata sikabakata. Rodogo sikemene manda la bahataya. La vele mele mele mekene le meseke brekete le mele. Rodogo lombo lombo sikala bahata. Aranda la basuka bakataya. Kado la bahaba. Can I have, can I have my prayer shot? Can I have my prayer shot? Rada katabara and 
Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, somebody pray. Meheti kabranda la basuta kabata. Rede brende le besete le katari anda la bahata. Rede blanda la bahata karabaha. Ya bede 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 le baba koli bada baba ziba da baba. Arebe de bede bede le Tell God what blessing you want to receive today. As I lay my hands upon you. Rapa Let mantles 
For me to lay my hands upon your head. You have told God what you want. And then after that, I give some specific people specific words. As I'm led by the Spirit of God. Some of you who are under wet curses know that just by the laying on of hands today, it is broken in the name of Jesus. Broken from curses from your father's background your mother's background even if it is your earthly father who cursed you today we superimpose spiritual authority when God blesses you it neutralizes every other curse in actual fact the reason why Noah could not curse her was because in Genesis chapter 9 the Bible said God blessed Noah and his sons including her God had already blessed him, and so Noah couldn't open his mouth and curse him. Today, by the laying on of my hands as the father of this house, we superimpose the blessing of God over anything Church. anybody has opened his mouth to speak against you, which is meant to work against you in the future, or may have even started working against you in the name of Jesus Christ of Jesus. And today, as I lay my hands upon you, I declare that nobody whose head I lay my hands on will fail in life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the grace for success is imparted into your life. You will be a sign and a wonder. You will succeed in marriage. You will succeed in your career. You will succeed in ministry. You will go as far as you want to go. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And as I lay my hands upon you, Walls, limitations, lids that have been placed upon your life are 
being removed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every wall of restriction, every limitation, every line that has been drawn that you are not supposed to cross, today we declare that the lines are falling for you in pleasant places. We erase those lines in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare that you are leaping over those lines. You are leaping over those walls. You are leaping over those obstacles. You are leaping over those hills and mountains in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And by the laying on of hands, I declare that you are fruitful. You are fruitful spiritually. You are fruitful physically. You are fruitful in your ministry. You are fruitful in your academics. You are fruitful in your marriage. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The son of the living God. I shall start bringing the people from the back. Yes, the same song in the back. No, this one, the instruction is not to use oil. So I use oil. Bring them one by one. I'll just lay my hands.
blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow! Overflow!